You're listening to a message from Highway Church entitled Next Level. Enjoy. I'm going to give all of our attention to the Holy Spirit. He's everything you've ever hoped for and so much more. That's why Satan wants you to be afraid of the Holy Spirit. That's why there's so much controversy around the gifts of the Spirit to try and keep the body of Christ from moving in power. It's interesting that Jesus, the final command, which it was a command that he gave his disciples, was not to go anywhere until they were baptized in the Holy Spirit. Wow. And there are many believers today who haven't received that because they've been taught it's not for today. If you will go to the scriptures... And look in the book of Acts, forget religious tradition, forget what you've been told by man. If you'll just take God at his word, you'll see in Acts on the day of Pentecost, they received the Holy Spirit. And the evidence of that was what? Speaking in tongues. And it's sad to see believers afraid of that. The very thing they need to walk in victory. Wouldn't it be clever of the devil to keep you from the very thing you need to walk in the power of God on a consistent basis? Right? Now, why was it tongues? Why were these, isn't that kind of weird? Why, why wasn't it like, you know, a, a little badge or something or, or a necklace? You know, why didn't they all get a nice little ring to wear? Why was it, why, why did their tongues speak a different language supernaturally? Well, Jennifer shared Proverbs 18, 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. James says the tongue is the rudder of your life. If you can control this, you can control the rest of your life. This is where your life is at, in your mouth. So wouldn't it make sense that God would empower this before anything else? Because he knows how we're made. The baptism of the Holy Spirit speaking in tongues is a supernatural empowerment of your tongue. Now, there are those who will say, well, Paul taught that we shouldn't pray in tongues in public. That's not in the Bible at all. I know the scriptures are referring to, but if you'll read in the context of which he's speaking, he says we're not to preach to people in tongues or speak to one another in tongues. Why? We're not going to understand it. That's not what it's for. Now, if I do say something to you in tongues, I need to interpret it afterwards or someone else needs to interpret it, right? Or it's just not going to make any sense. So tongues is for personal edification, praying in the spirit, right? But when the believers gathered in the New Testament, they prayed in tongues publicly. If you'll read the context of what Paul wrote, he said, don't forbid speaking in tongues. He just said, don't speak to each other and stand up before the church and preach a message in it, which we were doing, which would be kind of silly, right? But I'm telling you that because you're going to hear a whole lot of tongues around here. Whole lot. Paul said, I pray in tongues more than you all. I pray in tongues a lot. That's just me. But I'm telling you, you start praying. If you haven't been baptized in the Holy Spirit, don't go another day without it. You're a sitting duck for spiritual attack. 
Praying in the Spirit will make you sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit and to spiritual realities in your life. Next level is the title of this message we're beginning today. Next level. I didn't know it was in the dictionary. It's become a popular phrase, but it's actually in the Merriam-Webster Dictionary and the Oxford Dictionary as well. I'm going to read you some definitions of next level because this is where we're going. So this is straight from the three different dictionaries. Are you ready? And in this dictionary, it was next hyphen level like an adjective, not something you have to climb to get to. It's an adjective that describes a quality of life. Right from the dictionary, something or someone on a level above all the rest of the world. (laughs) I didn't write this. This is straight from Merriam-Webster Dictionary online. Someone or something on a level above all the rest of the world. Put 1 John 5, 4 up there. For everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world. We're far above the world. How far? We're seated with Christ. We're at the right hand of God. Can't go any higher than that. Everything dark is under our feet. Every dark spirit, every disease, every sickness, every curse is under our feet. Jesus did that for us. Right? Next definition from online dictionaries. The person on the next level usually thinks differently from everyone. (laughs) The person on the next level, that's what we're talking about, Usually thinks differently from everyone. That's right. Hence, why he, don't you like that word, hence? Hence, why he is known as next level. Romans 12, 2, let's put that up there. So next level is about thinking differently than the world, right? It's about a victory that has overcome the world. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. That means don't be shaped by outside pressure, but be transformed by internal power, by the the renewing of your mind, by thinking like God thinks, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Many believers have not renewed their mind, and as a result, they're not experiencing the abundant life Christ came to give them, right? So if, if I don't renew my mind according to the scriptures, I can't know the will of God. I can't experience it. Wow. So the person on the next level usually thinks differently from everyone. Another definition from the dictionary, next level. Surpassing others. Uncommonly good and impressive. Next level. Another definition. Better. More advanced, more successful than before. Next level. This is what Christ came to give you, a next level life. A life that's far above the life this world lives. A life where internal power transforms you. 
and that nothing can take away from you. A life where your faith brings victory. The faith of Christ in you causes you to be victorious. You know, Jesus is your faith. This is what Jesus said about next level. Are you ready? John 10.10 in the message translation. A thief is only there to steal and kill and destroy. I came so they can have next level life. Real, eternal life. More and better life than they ever dreamed of. I don't know about you, I can dream some good dreams. More, better than that. The Weiss says it this way, the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I alone came in order that they might be possessing, that's right now, life. More and better, that they right now might be possessing more and better life than they ever dreamed of. And that they might be possessing it in super abundance. Don't you love Jesus? He's not afraid to say anything, is he? What he's saying was so religiously incorrect, it wasn't even funny. <laughs> See, these things made the religious leaders mad. Why? Because they didn't know God. There are a lot of religious leaders today who don't know God. Isn't that something? But we listen to God. Jesus is God. Whatever he says, that's our gospel, right? We take him and his word, not man's religion. Hallelujah. Now, a statement was made, and I will bring it up repeatedly because it's, it's a reality you need to know. Back in chapter, I think, 16, maybe, of Joseph Prince's book, Destined to Reign, which we're doing in our get-togethers right now, if you haven't read Destined to Reign by Joseph Prince, you're cheating yourself. You desperately need the revelation of Christ that's in that book. Just going to be real with you. Okay? You desperately need it. Okay? It will help you to go to the next level, to experience next level life. I think it was chapter 16, and he made a statement something along these lines. That whatever your need is, whatever your issue is, your solution is found in a greater revelation of Christ. Okay? Whatever your need is, whatever your issue, whatever your problem is, in any area of life, this is, covers the whole spectrum of our existence. So I'm so thankful for Jesus. He's that great and more. He covers the whole spectrum of our existence, past, present, and future. What an amazing God. So if you have a, an area you're struggling, if you have a need in any area, I want you to get this, frustration, anxiety, fear, sickness, depression, uh, bipolar, you name it. The answer is you need a greater revelation of Christ. Guaranteed it'll be fixed. In other words, you need the eyes of your heart 
illuminated with the light of who Jesus is. You need to, to hear messages like you're hearing now, read books like we're reading at Get Together, Destined to Reign by Joseph Prince. That's the only reason we're reading it, because it's full of light. It's got revelation in there that everybody in the body of Christ needs. It's just the gospel, but it's explained in a way that'll help you understand it, okay? So, because Jesus really is the answer to the, to the uh, full scope of my life, I'm going to focus on him. I want to know him more. All of us need to know him more, right? All of us. He is endless and so vast and deep and wide and high that to grow in relationship with him is, is really what the meaning of life is all about. All right? Now, what's wonderful about this, we all have a need for a greater revelation of Christ. All of us. Well, what's wonderful is God has freely given that to all of us. Isn't that wonderful? He's freely given that to all of us. He has revealed himself perfectly to mankind. How did he do that? Through Jesus, right? Yeah. Remember Hebrews 1, verse 3, one of the most important verses in the Bible. Christ Jesus, Jesus is the exact representation of the nature of God, right? There is no variation between Jesus and the Father. Isn't that wonderful? So that means my needs are met by getting to know Jesus, right? My problems are solved. By get, not by coming to church, but by getting to know Jesus. Not by praying long prayers, but by getting to know Jesus. Not by good works, but by getting to know Jesus. Prayer, real prayer, is getting to know Jesus. It's walking with Jesus. It's not heavy. It's not burdensome. It's not a work. It's not something we do to earn a place in Him. It's getting to know him, right? The answer for every problem you have is found in Jesus. You just need to know more about his love for you, more about what he's done for you, more about who you are in Christ, and you watch how these problems naturally get solved as you grow in the revelation of who he is, what he's done for you, and who you are in him. That's what we focus on at Highway Church, those three things, because that's where the answers lie. All right? Hallelujah. Now, this is one of the funniest things I've seen in the body of Christ. God has sent out an invitation to all of mankind to know him. And we're going to read those verses in Isaiah and what the enemy did through religious tradition, he took God's very invitation and he turned it into a uh, forbidding declaration. We're going to look at this in a minute. We're going to start in Deuteronomy, then we're going to go to what I'm talking about in Isaiah. Okay? Deuteronomy 29, 29. Deuteronomy 29, 29. The secret things belong unto the Lord our God. Do you know there are things we'll never know? 
the, the knowledge of God is endless, okay? So you know, we don't get hung up on the secret things. God knows them, we don't. That's, they belong to him, okay? But, that's a big but, isn't it? Those things which are revealed, what did Christ do? What did Jesus do? Revealed the nature of the will of God to us. Those things which are revealed belong to us. We're supposed to experience them every day, right? And to our children forever that we may do all the words of this law, that we may walk in this thing and experience this thing, okay? So, uh, well, let me, let me go on. Let me, let's go to Isaiah 54 and 5, 55, 54, 17. And I bring this up because this is a common thing in the body of Christ where ministers will teach that you can't know God in this way, that it's presumption to say that it's God's will to heal you, that it's presumption to say that it's God's will to prosper you, that it's presumption to say that everyone gets baptized and the Holy Spirit will speak in tongues because God's thoughts are higher than, than our thoughts and his ways are higher than our ways and we'll never know his ways. And that's simply not scriptural. Okay, that's simply not scriptural. That is a twisting and misunderstanding of the nature and word of God. We're going to see that right here. Are you doing okay? Yes. Hallelujah. See, we have to expose wrong ideas about God. We're not going to mention names. We're not, we're not interested in, 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 in putting down any people. We are interested in putting down strongholds. So we got to talk about wrong ideas. we got to talk about things that are contrary to Christ because they're preached from pulpits in the body of Christ. That's a big deal. Okay, you got Christians who, who, who are told not to pray in the Spirit, who are told not to get baptized in the Holy Spirit, who are told it's not God's, not, it's not His will to heal you, it's not His will to prosper you. You can't know His ways, you can't know His thoughts. Well, let's look at this. Now, you know Isaiah 53, Isaiah 54, Isaiah 55, Isaiah is the fifth gospel. It's just overflowing, it's just chock full of Jesus. Okay? It's just oozing with Jesus. So I encourage you to read Isaiah. It's 66 chapters, amazing book. But there's so much Jesus in that book, it'll change your life. But in Isaiah 53 and prior to that, but he's prophesying about what Christ would do for us when he comes to earth and bears our sins and punishment on the cross. And with his stripes we're healed. Then he goes into 54 and he talks about the benefits of of that, 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 that God's wrath will never be against us again. He'll never be angry with us again. His loving kindness will never be removed from this covenant of wholeness, of shalom, will never be taken from us. And at the end of verse 17, he said, also says, I think it's verse 13, that great will be the peace of your children. Great will be the health and well-being of your children because they will be personally taught by me. <laughs> personally taught of the Lord, right? So there's so much in Isaiah. And, and we know that, remember, the Bible wasn't written in chapters and verses. That's something that was done fairly recently as far as time goes. And that's for reference sake, and I'm glad they did it. But you got to catch the flow. Don't let the chapters and verses stop the flow. So we're talking about our redemption. And in verse 17 of Isaiah 54, he says, No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Amen. If you don't know your benefits, you can't enjoy them, right? Right. Every tongue which rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. 
It's like Mr. T used to say, I pity the fool who condemns me, right? They don't know what they're doing. They have no knowledge of what they're doing. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. That's you and me, right? And their righteousness is from me, says the Lord. Now, there's no, there, this is just a continual flow into the next verse, which is chapter 55, verse 1. But the same theme is flowing here. We're talking about our redemption, okay, who we are in Christ. You follow me? Now, just so happens in this Bible I was looking at, they put a little heading, the Bible uh, publishers, translators, put a little heading in parentheses above verse 1, and it says, an invitation to abundant life. That's a good heading. Some of their headings stink, but that's a good one. Because that's exactly what God is doing. He's inviting us to experience this wholeness and life that Christ brought. Verse 1, ho, everyone who thirsts. Now, you, you, you tell me if I'm stretching this. As we read this, you tell me if this is an invitation or a forbidding. It's been taught it's a forbidding. You tell me as you read. You make your own mind up, okay? We're just going to read it. Ho, everyone who thirsts, stay away from me. Oh, I'm sorry. Wait a minute. Everyone who thirsts, come. Invitation? Or foreboding. Come to the waters. And you who have no money, come, money. God wants to prosper us. Oh, I'm sorry. Let's keep reading. Come, buy and eat. Yes, come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. Verse 2. Why do you spend money for what is not bread and your wages for what does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me and eat what is good. If I ask you to come to my home and eat, is that an invitation or a foreboding? Let's be real. Okay? Am I adding something to this? Am I trying to twist your arm and create some new doctrine? If you understand English, this is clearly an invitation. Right? Listen carefully to me. Eat what is good. Let your soul delight itself in abundance. Isn't that nice when you go to visit someone and they're like that with you? Just help yourself. Make yourself at home. Whatever you want. Just enjoy yourself. <laughs> I forget who the comedian was, but he was talking about his Italian grandma. And I can relate because I had an Italian grandma. He says, as soon as you come over to my Italian grandma's house, she starts throwing up food from the basement. You know, she just, just, and that's how it was as soon as I came over to grandma's house. Hey, Joey, eat. The refrigerator's open, stuff's flying, stove's on, goes down to the basement. Just, you know, this is Jesus. Come on, eat. Come on here. Hey, have some more. Have some more. You know, that's how he does. He wants you to eat and delight yourself in him. Verse three, incline your ear and come to me. Hear and your soul shall live, and I will make an everlasting covenant with you, the sure mercies of David. Indeed, I have given him as a witness to the people, a leader and commander for the people. Surely you shall call, uh, excuse me, surely you shall call a nation you do not know, and nations who do not know you shall run to you because of the Lord your God and the Holy One of Israel, for he has glorified you. Seek the Lord. Is that an invitation or a foreboding? Uh, sure it is, right? Easy to see. Isn't it easy to see when we just read? And forget tradition and what man says. 
Seek the Lord. Come on, come get me. While he may be found, call upon him while he is near. This is the day we're living in. He's near. Okay? Let the wicked forsake his way. He's not mad at the wicked. And the unrighteous man his thoughts. So he says, let the wicked forsake his way, the unrighteous man his thoughts. He's talking about the wicked thoughts and wicked ways. Unrighteous thoughts and unrighteous. Forsake those. Let him return to the Lord and he will whip him soundly. No, and he will have mercy on him. There's no reason for you to stay away from God. Not one good reason. Come to him. He'll have mercy on you. He'll start throwing fruit up from the basement. Come, come on, eat. He will have mercy on him. And to our God, for he will abundantly part it. Come on, is this oozing with invitation or what? I mean, my goodness. If I understand any English at all, hello. Right? Again, we're flowing. Verse 8 is preceded by all the verses we just read. Right? For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways. Do you see that? Is that an invitation? We're right in the middle of the best invitation you could ever get. Now, he's talking about thoughts and ways. What did he just reference? Wicked ways, unrighteous thoughts, right? You can come to me. I'm going to abundantly pardon you. I don't treat you like man treats you. I don't think like man thinks. Come get me. Come get my ways. Come get my thoughts. Call on me. Seek me. Know me, right? Are you following me? For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. Thank God. We're talking about next level. We need to go higher, right? Higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain come down, the snow from heaven, and do not return there, but the water of the earth, excuse me, water the earth, and make it bring forth in bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please. It shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. So what will happen if you come to God and eat? What will happen if you think his thoughts? after him, if you, if you live your life modeled after him, if you take on his ways and his thoughts, well, this is what will happen in verse 12. You will go out with joy. If there's not joy in my life, there's something in my thinking that's blocking it. There are some thoughts in there I need to forsake and, and start thinking like God thinks. Right? I need to change my thinking. It's just that simple. For you shall go out with joy if you think like I think and and speak like I speak. And be led out with shalom, well-being, wholeness, prosperity. The mountains and the hills are in on this, right? They're going to break forth into singing before you because creation's waiting for you to realize how much God loves you. The mountains and hills are going to break forth into singing before you and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Instead of the thorn shall come up the cypress tree. Beautiful. Instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle tree. Great grandma Myrtle, right? Jennifer has a great grandma named Myrtle. 
A myrtle tree is a, a pretty tree with a sweet fragrance, right? Where the sweet fragrance of Christ. Hallelujah. And it shall be to the Lord for a name, for an everlasting sign that shall not become off. So your next level is, is right in front of you. This next level life is actually inside of you if you've accepted Christ. It's in your heart. It's in your mouth. You just have to gain knowledge of it by hearing messages like you're hearing now and then speak it and believe it, no matter what it might currently look like. Hallelujah. Okay? So... Here, I, let's just say I'm here today, and maybe this is new to me, what I'm hearing, and I get that. I, I was there, and I have a lot of questions. I say, well, I mean, you know, how, okay, so every need of my life is going to be met through a greater revelation of Jesus, and well, that's good for you because you're a, a minister, and you know the Bible, but what about me? I haven't read the Bible much. I don't, I don't know where to begin. So how, how, how do you, or any human being, no matter how much Bible you know, if you've never read it before in your life, if you don't even own one, how do you get a greater revelation of Jesus? Ask. Did you catch that? It's a quick answer. Ask. Who do you ask? Jesus. <laughs> Isn't it simple? You know, at the conference we were at, we, we, we were just had a, I had a, probably one of the most impactful times in my life. Yeah. The ministry and atmosphere there was very powerful. And thank God for online, but you know, you, you can't get the full effect online. You just can't. It's processed through a camera and audio and and it's just, thank God we live stream Facebook. We love you. But you need to get here. You need to be physically here. You know? It's just, it's different. All right? But there was a man there who, who was ministering, Paul Brady, tremendous time in the Lord. But he talked about his experience. And I love how the Lord speaks to all of us uh, in our own way. But he talked about, he grew up in Ireland. And he went to the same mount where St. Patrick was and he would go there and talk to God, and he didn't really know the Bible. And it reminded me of, of my life, because I didn't know the Bible as a young man. But I'd take, I started taking walks at the age of 17. It wasn't a mountain, but it was a hill. <laughs> and uh, across the street, it was actually a golf course. It was hole number six. And uh, we called hole number six the monster, because it, it was a par five straight uphill, you know. So it'd be like 10 o'clock at night, dark, and I'd... I'd take off and I'd start walking up the monster talking to God <laughs> and I just walk and talk and look at the stars I say God show yourself to me I get to the top of the monster I walk through this path in the woods talking to God there's no one around I'm on the top of the hill overlooking my little city there and I'm saying God who are you show yourself to me I want to know you how do you get a greater revelation of Jesus you ask just ask him. Show yourself to me. I didn't have a Bible. I didn't have a church like this. The church I went to, I would never want to go back there. There wasn't much hot Jesus in that place. There's a lot of religious tradition that trip you up and get you confused and get you into works and, 
and, and, and cause fear and anxiety. But I, I just decided to ask God. I figured if, he, if he's real, I, I've got to know him. And somehow I just knew he was going to answer me. And I mean, I would walk sometimes two, three hours, one in the morning, two in the morning, just walk and talk to him. Didn't know one scripture. And I would do that, I don't know how many times, how many days, but probably for a good year and a half or so I did that. Finally, thank God, I met someone who knew something about the Bible. And he started talking to me about the Bible. Well, if initially we were talking about God's will for our lives. And every decision, as I'd walk and talk with God, I'd, I needed to make life decisions about where I was, as I was, I was leaving my town and couldn't, get, couldn't wait to get away from all the, the junk I was involved in. And, uh, but I'd ask God, because I had plans, but I stopped. As I, the more I talked to him, the more I realized, wait a minute, he has a plan. Didn't know one scripture. Couldn't quote you one scripture out of the Bible. Never read it. So I'd come with a, a decision about, I was planning on going to the West Coast. And I said, I say, God, what do you want me to do? And he'd lead me by his spirit. And he led me to the, into a different part of the country, in the Midwest, in Northwest Ohio, a place I'd never heard of. But I met this man there, and he, he was, we both were in this audition together. We were auditioning for a, a show. He was auditioning as a vocalist. I was auditioning as a guitarist. And uh, we talked about the audition afterwards. And I, he said something like, how do you think it went? Or I asked him. And he said, oh, I'm just waiting to see what the Lord has for me. I went, hey, I'm doing that. <laughs> now, this guy knew the Bible. I didn't know it all. But I've been talking on the monster, whole, whole number six for a year and a half. So I, I'm doing the same thing. I was like, I'm doing that. And he went, oh, yeah? I said, yeah, that's what I do. I just ask God to show me what's next. And he said, and then he brought up the Bible. I said, the Bible? <laughs> and, I, and he started talking about the Bible. And I said, I'll tell you what, if you get me one, I'll read it. Next day, guess what? He was back with the Bible. <laughs> and he said, here's a Bible. And I said, what do I do with it? I really didn't know. I said, well, well now what? I mean, it's a big book, right? He said, why don't you go to the New Testament? And, and here and he opened it up and showed me where the New Testament was. I didn't know. It was this upside down. I don't know what's going on. Right? <laughs> And he showed me there's an Old Testament, there's a New Testament. In the New Testament, it starts out with Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Why don't you start in the book of John? I said, okay, I can do that. So I grabbed that book. I was really excited because I knew God was moving in my life because I'd been talking to him. I asked. Right? I've been walking with him for hours, weeks, months, years. So I went home, back to my room, and I grabbed that Bible and I set it on my desk and I sat down and thought, I was so excited. But I didn't open it. I just put my hands on it. I said, God, show yourself to me. Help me understand you. Help me understand this. And I opened and I started reading John and my heart exploded in a good way. <laughs> I know now exactly the Holy Spirit opened the eyes of my heart. And I was never the same. And just things were leaping off the page. Healing took place in my heart. And I, 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 I was transformed. And I just couldn't get enough of this book. Okay? And it became the most important thing. I read it as much as I probably read for hours. 
I began, you know, I'd be reading along. I'd come across a scripture like John 10, 10. I got a notebook. I would write them down, the scriptures that spoke to my heart. I'd literally write them. We didn't have mobile phones back then. So I got a pen and wrote in a hard copy notebook, word for word, the chapter and verse of all the scriptures that spoke to me. Filled up a notebook. I'd carry that in my backpack with me all day. I'd have 10 minutes waiting for a bus to come or something. I'd sit down, get out my notebook, and go over those scriptures. I don't know how many hours a day I'd do that. I couldn't get enough. Just ask. And through that time spent with the Lord, by learning the scriptures that teach me about his nature and will, I was made whole physically. I received healing emotionally, mentally, in every area of my life. The more I got to know him, the healthier I got. But I, I didn't always accept what pastors told me. Because I'd been talking to God. And there are things that didn't sit right with me when they'd say things like, it's God's will for you to be sick or to have that cancer. I thought, no, I haven't read that in the Bible. I don't see that in the ministry of Jesus. I can't find in here anywhere where he gives someone cancer. So I'm going to have to go with the one who's on hole number six. (laughs) Right? The one I've been talking to on the golf course. I know him. I don't know you. I can read his nature in here, and what you're saying is not in here. So I'm going to go with what's in here. And that will make you strong and keep you from being blown back and forth. Because you can go to 100 different churches and hear 100 different messages, and not all of them are going to be good. That's why we started this place. Take advantage of what you've got. How are we doing on time? Oh, good. We were all right. So let's get into this a little deeper today, and we'll continue next week. So I want to, to encourage you to do this today. Ask the Holy Spirit to reveal more of Jesus to you now. Ask him. Holy Spirit, open the eyes of my heart. Reveal more of Jesus to me now. Is that a safe prayer? Sure. Nothing, you, you, couldn't, you couldn't talk to someone who loves you more than he does. When, you, when someone loves you, you can ask them anything without fear. Right? Ephesians chapter 1. This is exactly what Paul was doing and praying for the believers in Ephesus. You understand that just because you accepted Christ doesn't mean you know his will for your life. It doesn't mean that you have the knowledge of his will for your life to stand up against an attack. You have to learn that. You have to learn who you are in Christ. You have to learn Psalm 91. I came across that thing. I said, are you kidding me? And what's interesting, before I read it, I knew it. My heart was already in agreement with it. That's the spirit of God. It's like everything I was reading in the Bible, my heart was ready for. It's like, yeah, I know that. Well, I never read it before, but I knew it. I read Psalm 91. I said, yeah, that's, that's, that's the guy I was talking to on hold number six. The God I was talking to. You understand what I'm saying? That's the, that's the, the person, the being I was talking to on hold number. It's, it's Psalm 91. He was there 
on hole number six with me. So I'd read verses, and I'd boom, get out the notebook. Ooh, what's that? Okay, wow, no harm will befall you. Psalm 120, no evil will fall you. He'll watch over your coming and going, both now and forever. He'll watch over your life. Okay, I'm going to write that down. So I, I started you know, memorizing, I don't know how many, I probably hundreds if not thousands of scriptures that are inside of me now. But Paul is praying this for believers. So don't think coming to church is going to automatically change your life. You have to choose to engage in the word of God. It's interesting as a, as a minister traveling, the atmosphere of where you're ministering changes when the people come with an expectation and a knowledge. Oh, you come in some, some places, the minister is like, let's go, baby. You come in other places, it's like trying to pull something out of the mud. Say, <laughs> you know? so, oh, you got to work and work and work just to get people to smile and rejoice. We want this to be a place of great expectation, right? Easy moving. So Paul's praying for the believers in verse 17 of Ephesians 1. This is one of the best prayers you can pray for yourself or someone else. He says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Next level. Right? God just gives us to you. Isn't that great? Because it's his heart. He wants you to know him. He doesn't say, jump through these 10 hoops and I'll reveal a little more. He just says, come, come and eat. Verse 18, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead. That's power. And set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power, and might and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come, and hath put all things under his feet, and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. And if you'll keep reading in Ephesians, you'll find that he seated you with Christ. Now, the Amplified says it this way. Are you ready? Still awake? Yeah. We're just reading the Bible today. Is that all right? Verse 18 of Ephesians chapter 1 in the Amplified translation. So we're going to read verse 18 again in the Amplified. By having the eyes of your heart flooded with light. That's what happened to me on the golf course. So that you can know and understand so he wants you to know, means be sure of, be able to live and enjoy it, experience it, walk in it, and understand the hope or the confidence to which he's called you. So that you can know and understand how rich you are. Because you're one of his saints. Do you know you're a saint, right? Saint isn't a statue, a saint is a believer. That was an eye-opener to me. I wasn't taught that way growing up, but that's what the Bible teaches. And how rich is his glory inheritance in the saints, his set-apart ones. Look at verse 19. And so that you can know and understand what is the immeasurable, can't measure it, 
unlimited, not limited, surpassing greatness, that's all next level right there, of his power in, are you telling me the resurrection power of Christ is in you? Yes. Yes. But you'll never experience it consistently until you know that it's in you. And you draw upon it consciously with knowledge from the scriptures. Immeasurable, unlimited, surpassing greatness of his power in and for us. That's what it's there for, to draw on it. Who believe. So what if I don't believe it's in me? I'm not going to experience it, right? It's for those who believe. As demonstrated in the working of his mighty, mighty strength, read the same verses in the message translation. Actually, we'll start in verse 17 in the message. He says, but I do more than that. Excuse me, I do more than thank. I ask. <laughs> Please ask God to show himself to you. Stop wondering and just ask. I do more than thank. I ask. Hallelujah. Ask the God of our master, Jesus Christ, the God of glory, to make you intelligent. It's a good thing to ask. And discerning in knowing him personally. Why do we have to be intelligent and discerning in recognizing God's will for us? Because Satan is the God of this world. He's trying to hoodwink and bamboozle you. You know what bamboozle means? It means hoodwinked. Yeah. <laughs> Ask God to make you intelligent and discerning in knowing him personally. I'll give you a hint. Jesus is the answer. If, if you're shown anything spiritually that can't be supported by Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Acts, the ministry of Christ, that's not your father speaking. Okay? Your eyes focused and clear. Next level. So that you can see exactly what it is yes. he's calling you to do. Yes. Hallelujah. Exactly what he's calling you to do. Do you know exactly what he's calling you to do? If you don't, ask. He'll show you exactly what he's calling you to do. Focused and clear are we. so that you can see exactly what he's calling you to do. Grasp the immensity of this glorious way of life. Next level. Verse 19. Oh, the utter extravagance of his work in us who trust him. Endless energy. Boundless strength. God has endless energy for you 
boundless strength. Just as. <laughs> this is what's inside of us now. Oh, glory to God. I'm happy. I guess if I was one of the seven doors, I'd be happy, I guess. But is there a happy? Snow White? I wouldn't want to be sneezy. Or grumpy, yeah. Grumpy was legalistic, wasn't he? <laughs> or just grumpy, I don't know. Hallelujah. Father, we ask you to make our vision of you clear and focused. Show yourself to us. Holy Spirit, we ask you to make us intelligent and discerning in knowing you personally. Focused and clear. Empower us to grasp the immensity of this glorious life you've called us into. In Jesus' name. <laughs> Holy Spirit, Illuminate, flood the eyes of our heart with light that we would be sure and certain and know and understand your calling for our lives. That we would be sure and certain and know and understand the riches of our inheritance in you that we would be sure and certain and know and understand the unlimited, surpassing greatness of the resurrection power of Christ that is in and for us, your kids, your sons and daughters. We believe. At Highway Church, we want to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ and experience the abundant life He came to give you. If you'd like to learn more about God's amazing love for you, please visit us at highwaychurch.us. You can email us at info at highwaychurch.us or message us via our Facebook page. Put your trust in Jesus today and taste and see how good he is.